Vera Payne. Marcus James is an electronic artist with a unique brand of pop-punk music influenced by EDM. His blend of powerful rock vocals with touching lyrics has earned him millions of streams. Marcus joins me today to speak about his latest projects and collaborations. Thanks for joining me, Marcus. Thank you so much for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? I'm from Vancouver, Canada, British Columbia, Canada. Born and raised here. Been making music here and doing stuff around that scene since I was about 18 or so. And Now, have you only DJed in that particular scene or have you gone like to the United States or anywhere else? I haven't got to go to the United States. That was something that we were looking at before the whole world kind of shut down. But I have toured around Canada. I've done shows in Ottawa, which is kind of on the other side of Canada. For those who don't know, uh, that's more closer to Toronto and, and Victoria as well, too, which is another city in British Columbia. But more so DJing locally here in Vancouver and getting my start more as like producer and songwriter and then moving up to, to DJing kind of as a natural progression um, as a way to kind of perform my music and uh, get more in touch with the industry in that way. But um, yeah, kind of everyone else I know here in Vancouver, I feel like kind of had to start as a DJ and then realized they had to make music if they wanted to kind of do something more with it. And I had the kind of weirdly opposite approach. So when I first started making music, I didn't know anything about DJing. I actually thought that they were the same thing. I was like 17 years old, and I thought that DJing, DJs were producing live, and I didn't know kind of the difference. So I walked into the music store one day, and I, I asked the guy, I was like, I want to buy something that you can make music on and perform music on. And so he sold me this like Ableton Live as the program I used to make music with, like controller kind of thing. So I was, I was coming at it from this weird like hybrid standpoint, and I didn't know what I was doing. And then it took me a little while after I started actually DJing, because I was coming from kind of like beat making and like looping and like weird kind of like mashup production background to actually realize that the sound guys at all the clubs hated me when I brought like my whole Ableton set up and like controller and audio interface and everything. So yeah, then I kind of learned how to DJ just from being in the club and learning how to kind of use the equipment uh, that was around me. That is incredible. So you actually kind of learned the hard way how to do this stuff, but did it help you in your creativity? Yeah, I, I think that because I had a bit of a different approach to it, it definitely did. My first DJ gig was a party I threw myself with my friends for high school graduation. But my first kind of DJ residency before I was playing, like, you know, now I have a residency at Celebrities Nightclub here, which is, uh, in my opinion, the best nightclub in Vancouver. And I, I hope that many other people would feel the same way. But years and years ago, before I got to sort of find my ground there, I responded to an ad on Craigslist. Uh, do you guys have Craigslist in America? Yeah, we that, do. We do. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I responded to some ad on Craigslist, and I was like playing at some some local bar, and uh, they wanted like chill background music, and I showed up like ready to rock with my whole Ableton setup, my audio interface, my controller, everything. And then yeah, I I had to just straight up learn on the fly how to play music I liked, but also play music that the people there like, and try and somehow make people dance in a bar that wasn't made for dancing. And it was it was really like a learning on the fly kind of thing. And then once I started playing in proper clubs, I was like, oh, they don't want me to bring my equipment. I just need to. I remember the first first gig I ever played on like proper CDJs. I didn't even know how to beat match, and I was just up there with my friend. We we're playing back back, thankfully. And every transition I did, every time I brought in a new song, he had to like jump in and fix it for me. And that's basically how I learned was just by kind of throwing myself into that. So, which one do you prefer, DJing or producing? 
definitely producing and as the last couple of years songwriting. I'm actually doing a lot of writing that is not even necessarily for myself or for the Marcus James project. It's just kind of writing, doing different sessions, seeing where things go, you know, writing stuff that could get pitched to other artists, writing stuff for my own songs too. You know, as you know, obviously you just put out the EP with Ryzen and that was a really cool experience because that was like me and Jesse and Dave of Ryzen and then their manager, who's a real close friend of mine, Tom Roche, uh, who co-wrote all the songs with us. And that was just us with guitars, sitting in our bedrooms, in our studios, and, and, and just writing songs that then we kind of found a way to turn into dance tracks. And that kind of brought me back to my roots as like, when I was in high school, I'd like play guitar and sing songs. The uh, We called them coffee houses. We had these like little performance nights. That's where I first got my start because I kind of looked up to my dad and he played acoustic guitar and he got me started playing acoustic guitar. And I think it probably took from then until now for him to actually like my music. It took me a couple of years of doing that to realize that I was pretty rubbish at singing, but I could actually write. And then I kind of branched off into electronic music because I was really into computers. I was in like film and stuff like that. So I was like making movies and kind of like my love for computers and computer programming and music sort of coincided to lead me down a path to DJing and electronic music. But over the past couple of years, kind of getting back in touch with that songwriting sort of thing that drew me in originally. And yeah, not to say I don't love DJing. It's, it's, there's no better like kind of immediate rush than when you just hit your flow on stage, like sold out show and, 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 and things are going well. I don't know. I think that uh, that's kind of like, you can't beat that sort of like euphoric rush. But as, as far as that kind of magic goes, that sort of magic feeling when you just feel really proud and um, you feel like you made something really special when you're writing with your friends on guitar or you're in the studio by yourself and you figure out the way a song should go. For me, that's, that's kind of what it's all about. So I was reading that your genre of music is emo house and tropical house. Could you explain to me what those are? I feel like people kind of call it tropical because there's a lot of acoustic guitars, some whistles, and I guess hopefully catchy melodies. But it's pretty different from like what you'd hear at a Kygo show or I guess whoever's making tropical house. And then the emo is like, that's just what I grew up listening to. Uh, and that was the music I was always writing in high school and, and listening to in high school. I grew up, my favorite bands were Good Charlotte and, and Blink-182, and those are still my favorite bands. So when I got into DJing and electronic music, I got really into kind of that scene and like the electronic stuff. And I was like a couple years sort of segue away from the music that I grew up listening to. And eventually, as I started listening to more and more of the music I grew up listening to, you know, Blink and Charlotte, Pierce the Veil, All Time Low, all those kind of bands, I started kind of putting those kind of melodies and, and those kind of cadences, that sort of lyric style into the songs that I was writing for Marcus James. And that kind of led me to writing a bunch of songs with Tom Roche, who's a close friend of mine who I mentioned before, and he works with Ryzen. And we kind of worked on this whole EP together. And it's sort of an amalgamation of just like my whole journey of someone that grew up as a emo punk kid, I guess pop punk. I don't want to say punk because then all the people that are like hardcore punk are going to be like, you're not representing the genre quickly or whatever. But um, yeah, like as like an emo pop punk kid growing up and then kind of finding my love for dance music and for and for performance of electronic music and then combining those two sounds is kind of 
kind of the best way I could put it. I don't know. It's, it's hard. It's a weird question it's like for me to answer because I don't know anyone else that makes emo house music. So it's kind of just like all the music I love put into one, and I just try and make songs that I feel like should be like out there and that people said that I would want to listen to. I guess. No, it's perfectly fine because when you think about it, we kind of do that all the time. We have our ships, and your ship was emo and house, and you're like, you guys got to kiss, and it, it, that's it. That's that's what you wanted to do, that's and literally, I literally that's it. Yeah. <laughs> A hundred percent. I'm trying to think about the first one. I actually, I can, I can remember the moment, like literally the moment that it clicked for me, which is crazy because I feel like these things usually amalgamate over time. And it definitely did amalgamate over time to get to a point where I was able to have that click moment. But I actually remember the moment where like, I kind of figured out the combo and what my music was missing. And I was making house and uh, they were all kind of feeling like they didn't have the the energy to them, the life to them that I wanted them to have. And that was ages ago. That was before I signed with my label. That was before I got my residency in celebrities. This is still when I was kind of finding my footing in the industry. And I was trying to figure it out. I was like putting out songs on SoundCloud and stuff like that. And I remember I was listening to a bunch of Lil Peep and there's this guitar sample in this Lil Peep song where they sampled from Pierce the Veil, some acoustic Pierce the Veil guitar sample. And I thought it was like the same sample. I was like, that's so sick that they took that from this band that I used to listen to all the time and put it in this completely other genre. And I figured, well, if it worked for hip hop, why couldn't it work for house? And so I just took that same guitar sample and I was sitting in the guest suite at my late grandparents' condo in Toronto. I took that that guitar sample and I was just sitting on the bed with my laptop, probably avoiding family time because I was in some sort of mood and took that guitar sample and put it over top of this beat that I was, I had this kind of this drum and bass, but I had this like drum beat and this bass line and I didn't really know what to put on top of it. And I kind of just put that on top of it, messed it around and like chopped up a couple notes and it hit with this kind of like like different emotion that I feel like a lot of tropical house or electro house or whatever you want to call it was kind of hitting with because it kind of had that cool sort of minor key to it and that kind of like open guitar, all those open guitar, acoustic guitar strings. Then that was really inspiring to to write vocals over top of and that kind of led way to ideas for other songs and and that was kind of the moment where like it clicked and i was like oh my god i remember i like called someone in the room i was like you gotta check this out (laughs) this is sick so yeah that's sort of that literally like you said like you you know you got your ship right and you just kind of mushed it together and made a kiss and thankfully people seem to like it it seems to be going all right tell me about your single warning sign yeah, Warning Sign. So that was the lead single off of the EP with Ryzen. The EP is called Warning Sign. I had an amazing time working on this EP with Ryzen. It took us, you know, it took us only a couple months to write all the songs, but it took us like two years to finish the whole project because we had revisions and we wanted to produce it out and then we wanted to go to a proper studio and record it better and redo some parts. And then, you know, we were thankfully through my amazing label, Physical Presents, able to get some grant funding from the government to film a music video and do a lot of cool things that we hadn't got to do before this project but that song was kind of the song that started it all and it was a really magical song because I feel like usually when you're writing you know there's always this like all right we'll just stick this lyric in there for now and it's good enough for now and then we'll come back and we'll we'll change it and you kind of go through and you 
nitpick and you change things as, as the song goes on. But this was like this song where kind of as soon as as soon as uh, Tom figured out the guitar, every lyric that me and Ryzen put down just stayed. Like everything that we first thought of, any part that was written just stayed in the song just exactly the way it was. And those are always kind of the most magical songs where you don't have to force it. You don't have to revise. You don't have to go back and change stuff. And, and even with the production, everything I tried, like let's record the guitar in this way. It just worked. Let's chop up these vocals and form and shift them down pitch them down to make them kind of like low and it just worked and uh, instead of chopping up a part that he's sitting let's actually have him do the uh, 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 and that just worked and i feel like yeah it's just got this kind of magic to it because everything that we tried just kind of worked and it, it didn't feel like we were writing a song so like i don't know if it sounds cheesy but like it felt like we were kind of discovering the song and the song existed and we just kind of had to discover it as we went along if that makes sense In an ocean, I'm feeling lonely. Fill the prescription for my only one. Abusing emotion like it's my only home. And I'm on the edge of calling it. Watching the rain fall down across my dashboard Maybe a warning sign is all I'm after Cause I don't need you, you Cause I don't need you, you In the rainfall 
Did you provide any vocals for this? Yeah, so that's Ryzen. They're doing all the vocals on the EP. I don't sing. As I mentioned before, I can I can songwrite, but it took me all the way through high school to figure out that I was pretty rubbish at singing. So luckily, I've got talented friends and, and people that I work with like Ryzen. So I did the production on the EP, and they did the singing, and we did the songwriting together, me and them and Tom Roche. And Dave from Ryzen did the lead on Warning Sign, uh, and he absolutely killed it. It was yeah, it was a beautiful performance. So we've got him singing, we've got guitar on there, and we've got the vocal chops, and those are kind of the main kind of components of the song. Yeah, I, I absolutely love Dave's vocal on that song. Ryzen did, a, did an amazing job, Dave from Ryzen. And yeah, it's just a neat song, too, because it means a lot, but it's not super obvious what it means. So I feel like people can kind of take from it what they will. The sort of obvious messaging behind it is that it's sort of like a story about being on the edge of calling something off and kind of looking for a, a beacon, like looking for a warning sign. I mean, looking like it's looking for something to sort of tell you which way to go when you feel like you're kind of on the edge and you're sort of teetering. And, you know, you can take that like in a really sort of ominous, like I'm on the edge of giving up, I'm, I'm ready to give up kind of way. Or you can take that, you know, we've all sort of felt that in a relationship where it feels like something's got to give. We're sort of teetering on the edge. You know, when you get home, I'm not going to be here anymore. This is it. Or you can take it, you know, as something more positive. It's kind of like something that you have to let go of, a burden that's kind of weighing you down. And I like it because the whole verse in the pre-chorus, Ryzen is singing in this kind of really sort of more more somber, softer, emo kind of style. And in the chorus, it kind of just opens up and I feel like it, it gives a bit of hope and it, it kind of feels like you found that warning sign and you figured out kind of which way to go and you lifted that burden. And so I think that, yeah, the messaging is strong, but I think it's going to be strong in a different way to whoever listens to it. And those are my favorite kind of songs. So what other projects are you going to currently work on or anything within this year? We've got uh, acoustic versions of the EP that are coming out. So we took each one of the, one of the tracks. Because we kind of came into it from a songwriting, singer-songwriter perspective, we wanted to find a way to record those tracks and keep them in their sort of just core form, stripped back with a lot of a lot of the production elements taken away and just the guitars and the vocals kind of recorded the way that they were first written. So we're going to drop those versions, those kind of like more demo, stripped-down versions. That's going to be really interesting because I'm a DJ like you said, I make emo and tropical house. I play shows at clubs. I don't I don't release acoustic music. This will be the first time I've ever released a stripped down version of anything. So really curious to see, you know, if people how yeah, how they're gonna react to that. Also I've already written my second EP. I haven't announced that anywhere yet because it will be a long time coming before it's produced out and, and fleshed out. But the songs are written. It's ready to go. Hopefully a couple other singles will be peppered in throughout the year and just really hope that the world can kind of heal over this next year or so in the following year and get back to doing shows and, and touring and that kind of thing. Well, Marcus, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate you being here. And for those listening, where can they find more information about you? Everywhere that you listen to music. So Apple Music, Spotify, wherever you listen to music and uh, on all socials it's hey marcus james thank you so much for having me on this is a great chance to kind of chat about what's going on and talk about the ep and i really appreciate you taking the time to sit with me this has been the mason vera Payne show thanks for listening can't wait to hear more head to wgnradio.com for exclusive content by mason also follow mason on facebook and twitter at mason vera Payne. that's all one word And don't forget to share the show with your friends. 